Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer, from the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I am Baxter Colbert. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan. Welcome to Brew Sports. Yeah, likewise, Baxter. Oh, my goodness. It is a crazy feeling to be here, a great opportunity to be here, amazing you know, set. I know it's still kind of changing a little bit as well, too, but uh, amazing. Two Up Front, live. You can actually see us now. And you know what's awesome about it, too, is, is we celebrated show number 100 last week, so yeah. what better way to start a new era of 101 Exactly. on the air, Facebook live in with uh, Brew Sports. Absolutely. So we are uh, very grateful for Brew Sports giving us this opportunity to be on their network. Uh, you'll be able to catch us Wednesdays from 10 to 11 uh, Central right here on Brew Sports. And you can, of course, get our show on demand by going to Spreaker, iTunes, and iHeartRadio as well. Of course, you can still check us out on Facebook. Of course. Just put uh, Two Up Front in that search bar there. Check us out on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer. And, of course, you're at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Provan. Yes, indeed. A great show in store for you later today. Uh, we will have Rachel Wood joining us uh, as more of a, a correspondent this time she's obviously of course the official two up front bff but she's going to be a little bit more professional for us today simon uh giving us a preview of the she believes cup that uh, kicks off tonight usa germany england france as well it's going to be an exciting time uh does this u.s team uh actually are they going to be able to put it all together again and maybe win some silverware again under under jill ellis and then i'll be joined by washington spirit uh forward attacker joanna loman as well too yeah, so. i'm excited to have both of them on but yes. this will be joanna's first time on the yep. program and uh you know she, she's She's a bit spunky, as of course she's telling us about, uh, you know, she's got to be taking care of her mohawk this morning, so it'll be fun to I have don't, her on. I don't have that kind of, as you, can, you can now see now, you can actually see how much of a little hair we actually right, have, right. but uh, I don't have a mohawk. I, 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 my hair, I can't get my hair that long. I just, I, like personally, I can, but I just, I can't. See, I got, I the, can't do I got it. the opposite problem. My hair grows so fast. <laughs> yeah. I, I could, but it wouldn't stand up That's the thing. I, well. I wouldn't, I just... I have thick Italian hair, but I'm just like, if it gets like, it touches my ears, I'm like, I'm done, like, cut it, cut it, I can't do it. I get a hair, a hair cut about every four weeks, basically. I'm that guy. The only I, thing I, I do. should, I should, <laughs> I, I don't. But, but in acting, though, you, you get that freedom to do That's true. You know, a little true. bit more, basically. Sure. Yeah. All right, Simon, well, we're going to kick off the show uh, talking about Major League Soccer. Two days, two days two away until it kicks off. I swear MLS Cup just happened. I was sitting in a bar watching, and now all of a sudden we're two days away from opening night, opening day. 
Atlanta, you know, Minnesota United visiting your Portland Timbers. That's, that's right. That's right. Kind so of Baxter, a special thing. Hey, very, very much so. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool that. So I got a brother-in-law that's in Minnesota. Yeah. Lives in. He lives just outside of Minneapolis. We've talked about this before. I'll mm-hmm. be making sure I'm out there June 21st to yeah, to catch Portland in jealous. Minnesota. Uh, but what, I, what we've talked about doing, you're a New England Revolution fan at heart, which yes. I, we probably won't have time today, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on Rob Stone's uh, crazy I comments. Look at, I, actually, it wasn't I crazy. I saw it, it come through. Awesome. I need to, I, I'll be honest, I haven't looked at it yet. I yeah. saw the headline, but I have yet to actually see what Rob said because Rob's a friend of the show, so I'd be curious to see. Uh, well, he basically he has, has said everything that every Revolution fan has been been thinking for the last few years is that, Makes listen, sense. either build a stadium, respect <laughs> the club, or, or Kraft's get out of MLS. So. Yeah. So anyways, I, yeah. we've talked about uh, you're a Revolution fan at heart, so you're yes. going to take care of the Eastern Conference. I'm, of course, a Timbers fan at heart. Absolutely. So I'm going to take care of the Western Conference. Yeah, and, uh, makes sense to me. I think what I'll do, Baxter, is just run down from number one down to 11. Some of these are going to be more in-depth than others. And, yeah. And, of course, producers will tell us, hey, you're talking too long, yeah, Simon, exactly. because we can talk exactly. about this for three hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the beautiful thing about soccer. So the Western Conference, for those that obviously have forgotten or try to get it out of their heads, the Seattle Sounders won as a Western Conference team, won MLS Cup last year. They didn't finish in first place last year, but obviously things are a little different now going into 2017 from everything that we've seen so far. They are, and I think a big part of that was Brian Schmetzer, their, their head coach, and of course Nicholas Ladero, which I will get to in a second. Incredible. But I'd like to do, Baxter, start off with my number one. Now, a lot of people are actually picking Seattle to go number one, but I, I'm taking I'm FC Dallas. <laughs> I'm taking FC Dallas. Yeah. They, they've got a, a full lot of, almost their full lot of their 2017 roster coming mm-hmm. back. you got Kalen Acosta, who's already been hot, scoring two goals in his game against uh, Aruba Unido yeah. in the CONCACAF Champions Terrific League. player. He's been on the show before as well, too. Is, that's right. And, of course, I mean, you got a defense with Walker Zimmerman, Matt Hedges, Michael Barrios uh, also coming back. And in the summer, Mario Diaz, mm-hmm. after his injury, will be back. But in his place is Javier Morales. Oh, darn. I mean, <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that for a, for a fill-in. Uh, and then you figure, you know, the money that they spent on Coleman, who, who also Kingsley. looked was it, really it good. Kingsley Coleman. No. Uh, Christian, Christian Coleman and, and Ronald Lama is our Roland Rama as well. I'm sorry, what? Let me try that again. Roland Lama. <laughs> I was uh, like, the Dalai Lama plays soccer. Right. Interesting. So, so FC Dallas has only gotten better with the transactions they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we, we saw all of this in their CONCACAF Champions League, which yeah. they just destroyed Unido 4 nothing. Uh, so I've got FC Dallas finishing first Interesting. Okay. Uh, th- this coming year. I, uh, I, I would agree with you. FC Dallas was first last year as well, 60 total points, 17, 8, and 9. You, I mean, 12, and, 12, 1, and 4 at home. That's a pretty darn good record. Yes, it is. If you can uh, be successful at home, you for sure will at least make the playoffs, but to only lose once at home last year? Can't be mad about that. And, of course, Supporter Shield winners, uh, U.S. Open Cup champions, Western Conference champions. So I I won't be surprised if we see them repeat that. I would agree with you on that one for sure. Number two, I do have Seattle. And much like in real estate where it's location, 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 for Seattle, it's Ladero, Ladero, Ladero. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with you on that one, yeah. A special player. We talked about him numerous times last year, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, the way he connects that ball, and now you figure Seattle does have Clint Dempsey back. He does come back. Will he be as effective? Though. Well, that's, that, big, that's that is going to be question. my big question. And, and does the irregular heartbeat come up again? And of course, you only wish him well. You, you hope course. things do go well. Yeah. But if he is fully back, well, mm-hmm. well, good for him. You know, the one thing about Seattle is I don't know if they've really improved over the summer. You know, they did bring so. in Harry Ship, Will they, Bruin, Will Bruin, uh, but Valdez is gone. Uh, other players are gone. So. 
It'll be interesting to see what, what Seattle does. They, they do have quite a few homegrown players that they've brought in. If Honda, if those Honda rumors become true, not the car company, the player. Uh, <laughs> Xbox is their sponsor now. <laughs> Seattle could have a very exciting midfield. Do you agree that MLSsoccer.com has them rated as the number one power-ranked team? Does that, I mean, does it make sense to rank the, the champion, I guess? Yeah, yeah I think you know, they're, they're the champions and, yeah. until they lose it. Makes sense. You know, it's, it's the old cliche. But, yeah, I think you start out the season with them as number one in your power yeah. rankings. I, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Seattle's a very good team. As much as it pains both of us to say that in any walk of life, at the end of the day, Seattle's still a very good team. Jordan Morris is still young and full of energy. They're going to be dangerous. They're going to compete. They're going to be a, probably a top three or a top four team in the West again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and unless we forget, they also have a DP slot that they will probably fill in the summer, Baxter. Mm. And, and Seattle does really well with that summer transfer window. <laughs> so far, <laughs> holy cow. Uh, number three, I'm going to surprise a lot of people. <gasps> and I promise there is not bias. Uh, I'm going with the Portland Timbers. Interesting. I don't mind the Portland Timbers, as you know, of course. Well, they didn't make the playoffs last year, and they've, they've done things After to improve. Winning. That's right. That's right. Uh, and neither did Columbus Crew, who was second in MLS Cup. Not mad about that. Uh, but listen, you've got Chara, Guzman, Valeria, Nagby, Blanco. Y- you have to go with five midfielders when you've got players you like that. To. And Sebastian Blanco, he's, he's living up to be everything that he's hyped up to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you know, the question is always in the back. Yeah, uh, of course you do have. You were Ridgewell. super critical about that last. Well, year. And, and rightfully so, and yeah. I, I still think we're going to see a Portland team team that wins a lot of games, but I think they're going to give up a lot of goals as well. They're going to mm. score a lot, but they're going to give up a lot. Uh, you do have Adi, so, yeah. who who is a goal scoring machine up top, so he'll be the lone striker for most of the time. Of course, as I was saying, you have Ridgewall in the back. Uh, you know, the only question is, is is who else plays with Ridgewell? Of course, you do have their man from Sporting Kansas City, Olam, so he'll yeah. probably be the other starter. And then is it Elvis Powell? Is it uh, Vitus that comes in? They've, they've both played during the preseason. So really, it's it's always the question of the defense. And, of course, their U-20, uh, Jeremy Ibobasia. Still don't know how to say his name, Baxter, to be honest with you. That's nothing new to the fans of the show. That one guy, yeah, uh, that but, does things. Hey, he had that great goal against, well, not great goal, but he had that goal against Mexico in the U-20 It's true. Does, uh, it, does it make sense uh, for Jake Gleason? I mean, like, is he, do you feel comfortable with him being your full-time goalkeeper after his spike in the beginning and then drop? I think you can do better, but I, I think Gleason will do all right back there. I guess, yeah, uh, you know, would I rather have a Nick Romando? Yeah, absolutely. It's well, Howard, sure, but, but Jake Gleason does okay where he's at. So I know we're running low on time here, Baxter. So let me let me go four, five, six. I've got L.A., Sporting Kansas City, and Houston. Nobody knows what L.A. is going to be this year. No, they, they don't. Although, for all the talk about the DPs they lost, they still have a strong core. Jal Van Dam, Ashley Cole is there. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Starez, Robbie Rogers are all in the back. Of course, you still have Zardes, Dos Santos up front. Yeah. They do have a nice DP in uh, uh, the Frenchman, Romain Alessandrini. Uh, who's supposed to name be my next very son, good. Alessandrini. <laughs> so, you know, I think L.A. is still going to be a strong team. Yep. And just because they lost some DPs, mm-hmm. uh, they've done a good job replacing them. Actually, I agree. The, the biggest wild card is Anfalo replacing Arena as the manager. I that's, agree. That's the biggest Talk question. to me about your number six here because I right. see it in the show notes, but I want to hear your thoughts about it more. And you kind of said, hey, okay, here's my four, five, six. And we were like, well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Tell me, what, what, was, what was that six thing? Tell me uh, about six. Well, here's the thing, Baxter. Last year, I sh- surprised a lot of people. I was going to say shocked a lot of people when I picked Colorado <gasps> you did. to make the playoffs. I was like, come on, Simon. And, 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 and they did. Not only did they make the playoffs, <laughs> they went to number two, but you'll notice that I have them not making the playoffs I this year. That. Uh but Houston is my Colorado this year. Not hmm. that they're going to barnstorm the league, but I, I do think they're going to. The transfers to, they've made. Right. Well, well here's the thing. 
Uh, club has made tons of moves. They, of course, got rid of interim manager Wade Barrett. Yeah. They brought in Wilmer Cabara uh, from yeah. its USL club. He coached Chivas USA to some success, success. But you look at the players they brought in, a young and exciting forward with Elberth Ellis, the Honduran international yeah. scoring goals, uh, defensive player, former Saprisa captain, uh, Adolfo Machado, yeah. and then Colombian defensive midfielder Juan David Cabeza. So they've strengthened every single part of like the field. I feel like every other day you're hearing about Houston signing another exciting player, another you know Central American player. They're basically taking some of the best in CONCACAF and dropping them into Houston, basically. Well, and, and Wilmer was, was very adamant that he wants to bring players in that will fit into Torres a system. They're getting back, too, aren't they? They are, yeah. I don't know if that's, you know. Maybe. That, that, that may be he, neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's why I have Houston. I, I think uh, the improvements they made, we're going to mm-hmm. see them come to fruition a lot quicker than a lot of the other experts. Are, I agree. Are predicting them to be all right. Seven through eleven. Briefly before we run to a break, Colorado. I don't think they have enough up top. I think they'll have a lot of draws this year that are not going to allow them allow them to make the playoffs. Simon, number. their offense has no problem scoring goals. <laughs> As Pablo Mastroianni told you, <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's <laughs> right. Uh, number eight, I got San Jose. Yes, they've improved, but I think they've got too many pieces from too many parts of the world yeah. to have them gel together in enough time. RSL, young team. They actually have a lot of the same players coming back that they've had. It's yep. the manager there that's the question mark. He doesn't seem to be able to uh, know how to shift ta- a new deal. tactics. Well, and yeah, so they've, they've brought some good. Uh, Movsisian is back as yep. well. So they've got the players, but it's not like they've are any different than last year. Agreed. Uh, by the way, Sporting Kansas City, I have at number five. The reason I have them at number five is because they finished fifth last year and it's Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> Status quo, number five. <laughs> that's, all about, that's all about right. Yeah. Uh, number 10, Vancouver. I'm not letting the Freddie Montero uh, yeah. deal skew what I see with the rest of Vancouver, and that's no improvements yeah. what really they much elsewhere. Nothing else. They brought in Breck Shea. Eh. But is, well, is he the type of player that you can throw the team on its shoulders? No. I, I don't think so. Not and not number enough. 11, Minnesota. <laughs> Welcome to the league. <laughs> Welcome to the hardest conference to play That's in right. soccer, the Western Conference. Kind of like the AFC. Good luck. So there is your, uh, your 1 through 11 for Simon for the Western Conference. We are going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the Eastern Conference, and I will try to be uh, a sliver of what Simon just did <laughs> uh, in terms of in-depth. You are watching and listening to Two Up Front right here on Brew Sports. Back with more right after this. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, a first segment full of the MLS Western Conference, a very detailed preview. If you missed any of it, you can go back and watch part one here on Brew Sports. You can also listen to it here in its full entirety on Spreaker.com, iHeartRadio, and on iTunes as well. All right, so the Eastern Conference last year uh, produced a lot of surprises in Major League Soccer. Simon, uh, you know, Toronto kind of finally getting out of their funk after not making the playoffs for so long, and then it seemed like they finally put it all together, made a great title run, and then Stefan Fry's hand happened, basically. Yeah, it's, it's terrible to not only lose a final, but to terrible to lose a final against a team that didn't even record a shot on goal back Still frustrates me. I'm just like, that's the most Seattle thing to do, and we talked about that with Chris Blakely last week, and he's like, yes it is, but we still won, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Like, ah, like, fine, fine, we totally get it. By the way, give credit to the Seattle Sounders. Anybody who has a Sounders jersey can go by the team store or something like that and get 
a star oh, really? on their jersey. Oh, so, good for so them. Thumbs they up are, to the Seattle I mean, Sounders. Seattle really does it right. That cast, I mean, Seattle and Portland, from a soccer perspective, they do it right. They have the supporters groups. They have That's the, right. the chants. They've got the stadiums. Like, it's, if you want a good picture of what soccer in America is, or if you just want to show small pockets, be like, go look over there. Like, it's really good. But, you know, some places like New England, you just don't need to talk about that. <clears throat> yes. All right, so the Western Conference, um, you've got FC Dallas finishing first, um, and then you've got Seattle and Portland 2-3. So uh, for me, over in the Eastern side, uh, I'm actually going to start from the bottom and work my way up. All right. Uh, I'm going to go 11 through 7 right off the bat. Uh, Orlando, I think, is going to finish dead last in the Eastern Conference. Um, I have not been thrilled with anything that Orlando's been doing uh, in the offseason. The trade Breckshay for Giles Barnes. If Giles Barnes was actually playing like he was two or three years ago, I'd be like, holy crap, Orlando won this trade hands down. But he was struggling last year he struggled for houston struggled for vancouver now he's in an orlando team that you know doesn't even have kevin molino anymore i mean they have kaka but how often can you rest on kaka well one thing to keep in mind with orlando we'll see what they do with all that money they got from minnesota united True. so that, that that's the wild card for me with and orlando. there's still time of course i mean the transfer season even goes into the first couple of weeks of major league soccer as well too so there's a, a possibility of some other player getting worked in. And there's always the summer as well, Baxter. Yeah, exactly. Some teams are going to be like, look, as long as we're not in last place come summertime, we'll figure it out That's right. at that point. Uh, Montreal is going to make a big drop. They're going to finish in 10th, I think, Ooh. this year. Um, drug believing. Piotti can really only do so much. You look at the Eastern Conference, how many times do we see teams that are so dependent on one player? Literally one player. That's I mean, true. And we, were That's deal- true. we thought TFC was that team as well, too. It's like, look, no Giovinco. When he got injured, how good is TFC? Then Bradley and Altidore and everybody else started figuring it out, and it worked out better. But for so long, you talk about Montreal, it's like, well, Piatti. And who else? You know, I feel sure, like well, you've got Simon in the back. You've got yes. a decent goalkeeper in, in Bush when he's, mm-hmm. when he's up for it. But if you're looking for players to take over the game, especially offensively in a league that, I mean, in a sport where, obviously, in any sport, you have to score points to win the game. Of course, this isn't golf. You're not yeah. trying to get the lowest score. Sure. I'll be interested to see how Oduro does up top, though, talking about offensively. Yep, I would agree with you on that one. Uh, my number nine is the Philadelphia Union. They made a good run last year, uh, finishing uh, in the Eastern Conference in sixth place overall, you know, 42 total points. They just beat out New England based off of a goal differential. But Philadelphia, once again, um, they're kind of an enigma. I think other teams in the Eastern Conference have done more to be more productive in the offseason, and I think Philly's going to struggle again to, to find relevance. Yeah, I can't argue with that, Baxter. Uh, looking at number eight, um, they're not going to be the worst team in the league last year for sure with all their additions. I think Chicago's going to finish number eight, honestly. Um, I, I don't want to be a bandwagon person and say, look, they're going to be in the playoffs because I just... No, actually... It's too much to think about, I feel like. What I've been seeing is that most people are saying they won't make the playoffs. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I, they're, they're my... They're my Colorado Rapids They're your of bubble, the East. Basically. Yes, I think okay. I think they make the playoffs this year. I think they surprise a lot of people and finally make the playoffs. And I and I think my seven and eight can kind of be interchanged. I think seven, uh, my my seven is Atlanta, and my eight is Chicago. So I really I think either one of those two can flip flop. I don't think Atlanta's going to make the playoffs. I made that mistake with NYCFC and Orlando when they both are expansion teams. Sure, but I, I think Atlanta they've done everything right thus far. But will it translate over? Yeah, they've had some great preseason wins against college teams and U23 teams and you know USL sides and all that stuff. It's, it's great and all, but tell me how good you're going to be in TFC on a Tuesday night when it's pouring rain, or how good are you going to be in Portland or Seattle or L.A.? Like, I, I, I need to see more from, from Atlanta before I fully sell out that they're going to be a playoff team. No, I, I agree with that, Baxter. I mean, of course, their whole team's a wild card. They've, they've done yeah. some 
great work offensively, yeah. but they're another team as well that, okay, defensively, though, what do you look like? What's, you know, are they going to have exactly. a lot of draws? I do think they're going to be one of the more exciting teams in the league with the, with, with the young You're going to want to tune in That's anytime right. they're on That's right. just to see what happens. And I think that's what Orlando was supposed to be when they first started off because they had a lot of good young players, but now they've transitioned so much. They've gotten so old and just so, like, not popular. Yeah. Their stadium yeah. is gorgeous. Nothing against the new stadium. Like, oh, people yeah, are saying yeah. it's the best stadium in all of Major League Soccer, which I probably would agree with. Uh, my number six is D.C. United. Uh, they had a good season last year, surprised a lot of people. I think if the Patrick Mullins from last season shows up again, Oof. I think we're going to be in for a big surprise. Yeah, I, and I, c- I could actually see them being a dark horse come playoff time I as could. well. Exactly. Um, the defense is the question for me, of course, with them as well. Um, a lot of the Eastern Conference teams, the offense is there. The defense hasn't always been there. Uh, Bill Hamid, if he's healthy, of course, is a fantastic goalkeeper, but... D.C. United's defense uh, struggled a little bit last year. Uh, definitely have some great players that they can really maybe make a push, but I think they will for sure make the playoffs. Number six is my, my slot for them, though. Uh, number five is the New England Revolution. Uh, the offense is always there. I, New England could honestly, five, six, seven, eight, honestly could all be interchanged for me in the Eastern Conference, and I think it's going to come down to that four-point, five-point difference between all of them. Uh, New England obviously has the offense. Defensively, they've added a lot of new guys, so I think that you've got a good opportunity to maybe solidify things in the back. But new goalkeeper, it's either going to be Brad Knight or Cody Cropper. Not a big fan of either of them, honestly. I, I think Cody Cropper is is, uh, yeah. is is a decent player and, and can surprise a lot of people. Uh, I agree they're, with they're you. between the posts, but um, it, I, I'm not sure I'd. I'd Put New England in the playoffs, Baxter. I, I'll be surprised if yeah. they make it. Offensively, Not to break your heart. No, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, offensively, I think they're there, and I think that would be the only way that that would carry them that far. I thought five was a little bit high, honestly, but D.C. United, though, still. And New England and D.C. are kind of all over the place. I've got Columbus at number four just because they've made a lot of smart decisions in the offseason to shore up the defense. Uh, and Ola Kamara obviously had a fantastic year last year. Will Trapp is on the team as well. Higuain. This is a Columbus team that I think is just really upset with how last season finished. And well, I think they're going to come out looking for fire this I'll year. I'll tell you one thing about Columbus. They've got the best-looking jerseys in the league. Yeah, they I really agree do. with you. I've seen the new That's ones. all I can tell you about Columbus, though. <laughs> <laughs> best jerseys, eh, we'll see. We'll see from there. Uh, one person um, on Chicago says, uh, Celebrate Chicago says that they think Chicago will make the playoffs. Corey says uh, Orlando is making no moves. Sad, really. Uh, Aaron also says he's sick of New England, so... <laughs> <laughs> totally understand that, I guess. Um, no stadium, playing on a pitch that still has football lines. I'm telling you, go read the Rob Stone comments back. I'm going to. You will love it. I will have to during the break. All right, quickly then, NYCFC is number three. The Red Bulls are two, and I think TFC is going to finish number one. So uh, NYCFC is my wild card, but they're not at the same time because they didn't really lose anybody. Yeah, they lost Frank Lampard. That would be his playing, out, playing his mind out again in preseason. I think they're going to be exceptional again this year. They signed USL leading goal scorer and MVP Sean Oakley who is an incredible young starlet. If you can learn from David Villa, you can have a one-two punch with those guys. Kyrie Shelton is coming through the ranks as well, too. Pirlo, of course, is quietly still world-class. There's a lot of things that are going for NYCFC. Absolutely. they got a couple of young players out of Liga MX as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah I could see NYCFC perhaps surprising people and actually ended up in that number one spot. Yeah, absolutely. Red Bulls, number two. TFC, number one. I think TFC is still going to be the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. I agree. Uh, Red Bulls didn't do enough in the offseason, for my opinion, to push them over that. Red up. Bulls had a, a wonky offseason. They did. Is what they and had. TFC didn't really lose anybody I mean, either. Well, the whole deal with Ali Curtis being a mystery. Where is he? Where yeah. is he? And finally they come out and say, yeah, we've, we've mutually agreed to part ways. And, yeah. And and as or much Jesse as Marsh might have been moving to Real Salzburg, right, right, Red Bull uh, Salzburg, Red Bull Salzburg. I don't know where that is. I don't know. 
It's a real. It's a reality. <laughs> my promise. I don't know. So TFC is your number one. TFC is my number one. Yep. Uh, Red Bulls NYC FC two three Columbus four Revolution and United five six. So. I wouldn't be mad about that playoffs. Of course, I think it'd be better for the league if ATL makes it in. I think if Chicago makes it in, that ships things up. But Philly, Montreal, Orlando, don't see any of those making the playoffs this year. All right. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Rachel Wood to talk about the She Believes Cup on theshopfootsell.com. Call in line, stay with us. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, a MLS-filled first two segments of Two Up Front today as we are broadcasting live here on Bruce Boys yeah, for the first time It's got to well. be when we kick off in two days oh here for gosh. Major League Soccer. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I- I'm excited, though. We'll have to talk at the end of the show, the games to watch and all that fun stuff. But we move into the women's game now uh, to talk about the She Believes Cup 2017, the United States, Germany, England, and France all playing first game kicking off uh this evening usa versus germany uh we're going to bring on uh, our women one of our women's soccer correspondents and uh of course two up front bff rachel wood to join us on the shop com. call in line rachel welcome to two up front how are we doing today Woo! what's up besties <laughs> <laughs> good to hear from you rachel we're excited to, to have you on so the she believes cup is kicking off today no pun intended or a lot of pun intended let's be honest if, if the Lots weather holds up intended. if the weather holds up you know it's it's in uh chester pennsylvania harrison new jersey and washington dc we'll, we'll see if there's any snow we'll see if there's any chaos but uh usa kicking off tonight but before we even get to the game itself rachel uh what are your thoughts about the roster that jill ellis has assembled a good mixture of young and old uh players being brought together for this four-team tournament? Yeah, you know, I'm really excited um, to see the team, the squad, and I hope that um, really everyone on the roster at some point gets a chance to play. Um, I think, you know, for so long, um, the sort of controversy or the major talking point about the U.S. Women's National Team was, we have all these veterans, all these veterans, when is she going to bring in youth? And so I'm really excited to see her, you know, starting to bring in not just youth players, but I mean, like, really youth players. You know, Brianna Pinto is, I think, a junior in high school. Um, you know, I'm looking forward. I think Mallory Pugh is fantastic, so I'm excited to see her play. Um, Rose Lavelle, who is a Boston Breaker, um, or who was drafted by the Breakers anyways. Um, she did just is... sign. So she did officially yep. sign now, to our knowledge. Oh, perfect. I'm sorry that I'm not up on that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't I, know. I had to, I like... I had a feeling, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, you're the number one draft pick, but I never want to be too presumptuous. Um, but that's one that's great for Boston. And two, I'm really excited to see her play. I've, you know, I've seen sort of snippets and highlights of her, um, you know, in with the youth national team and for her college um, at Wisconsin, but I haven't actually seen her play. And so I'm really looking forward um you know, hoping that she gets a chance to play. And I think, um, I think what's also exciting too, is this is the first sort of real, um, competition that we get to see the keepers battle it out since, you know, um, Hope Solo's not in anymore, and this is, I think, going to be a real test for um, Ashlyn and Alyssa. I would agree with you on that one. Yeah, I, I mean, and some, some, for so long, it really was the, you know, it's Hope Solo and then the rest of the field, basically, but now you actually get to see what Alyssa Nair and Ashlyn Harris have to offer 
Is there one clear person exactly. that, that sticks out for you at all, Rachel, though, with who you think deserves to be the starter? You know, honestly, no, not for me. I think I think they bring such different um, qualities. And, like, I had the privilege of playing in front of both of them. Um, I played in front of Ashlyn in college and yeah. um, Alyssa for the Breakers. And, you know, Ashlyn is definitely a very vocal keeper, which, as a center back, I appreciate. I think Alyssa has definitely grown more into that role. Um, and I think Alyssa has really gained a lot of confidence. Um, so her playing with confidence, I mean, she's just – Alyssa's just fantastic, but Ash is, you know, quick, explosive, um, athletic. And so I think it's going to be a really good sort of, you know, old-fashioned competition, battle it out to, you know, and I think it's really going to be who's on on that day. Um, They're just, they're fantastic. Rachel, what are you expecting to see perhaps differently with this U.S. team than what we've seen in the past? Again, talking about these younger players and a player like Casey Short perhaps playing in the back, but being able to make those runs down the wing. Do do we see perhaps a little bit more exciting style? Um, I think so. I think think with the loss in the Olympics, I think Jill's going to want to sort of bring out a bit more um, firepower. I think obviously she's still going to need to lock it down at the back, but I think she probably wants to play a bit more of um, an offensive-minded type football. Um, so I think, you know, bringing Casey Short in, um, in the back with her speed will sort of show that. If, I think for me it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, we know she can get forward, but can she get back? Can she keep, you know, can Casey Short keep, you know, the defense compact and, and do her job defensively as well? I think, you know, as an attacking style fullback, it's a really difficult job to do to be able to both get forward and then to do your role as a defender. And I think, you know, Krieger pre-ACL was True, one yeah. of the best in the world at it. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how Casey, you know, adjusts. She's shown that she can do it in the NWSL at times. But, you know, this is, again, a step up. Yeah, um, I have to say one so of the players... I think players, that sort of remains to be seen. Yeah, and I agree with that. And one of the players I, I will always be excited to watch is Crystal Dunn. Not only is she super fast, she's super skillful on the she ball. Is. She knows how to finish. I mean, she's, she's an all-around great product. Yep. Uh, and I'm excited to see how, when you do have players like Becky Sauerbrunn, who can anchor that defense, and Allie Long, who can anchor that defense, uh, to have somebody like Crystal Dunn to, to be able to make those runs, but also perhaps... Have Casey Short make some overlap runs with with Crystal Dunn, you know, depending on what side Casey plays on. So that for me is one of the more exciting elements to watch. Yeah, as she believes I would Cup. agree with you on that one too, Rachel. What are your thoughts about the whole Allie Long and center back thing? I feel like she's either a midfielder or she's thrown into the center back role. And I personally am not a big center back Allie Long fan, but I mean, you played with her in college. I agree with you on that. Well, when you yeah. have the opportunity so, to play long and short, I mean, you gotta uh, go for it. <laughs> oh. Simon, I'm Simon. a dad. I get a right to tell dad there, jokes. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's the a one short, per show. A short, short, long. That's right. Yeah, right? exactly. Short, the short, short, long. long. Exactly. <laughs> All the old classic. I love um, it. <laughs> but no, so playing with, playing with Allie, and like this is something, the, the one word that I've always used to describe her as a player is slithery, right? She's so slithery and sort of smooth on the ball, and she's not afraid to get stuck in on a tackle, right? You know, she... Um, she played, I think, her, her U.S. national team story was La Blanquita or something like that. So, you know, she knows how to play against guys. She gets stuck in. However, I think that she's so much better as a midfielder than as a defender. I think she has that creative side to her versus the sort of organizational, sort of focused 
side that you need to be a center back. I think I think Sauerbrunn really brings that in terms of, you know, anchoring the defense, being calm, being composed, and being super laser-focused. Because as a defender, right, you're not only worried about, especially the center back, right, you're not just worried about where That's you true. are back, and yeah. your positioning on the field, right? Now you've got you've to be aware about, okay, where are, where are the forwards? Where are they running? And where are my, you know, where are my outside backs? Where am I holding midfielders? You, you've got to be able to do a lot of things at once. And I think Allie's skill is more on, you know, getting on the ball, being creative, looking to play, you know, those little one-two combos in midfield and then sort of, you know, playing in a nice finesse ball versus, you know, organizing, tackling, True, that yeah. kind of stuff. And, you know, I mean, if I'm Allie, look, Jill, wherever you want, want me to play is where I'll play. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that, you know, she just wants to be on the field. But for me personally, knowing Allie and seeing her sort of qualities as a player, I think she's more of a midfielder. Yeah, and I would agree with that as well, too. All right, Rachel, we got to let you run, unfortunately, because we got to move along with the show. But your quick predictions uh, for the tournament as a whole, I mean, I know it's only three games total, but uh, your thoughts about uh, how, how, how each three games are going to go. Are the U.S., do they win outright, or do they, who do they struggle against? Oh, my gosh. You know, everything has changed so much. The, you know, this squad's new. Germany's got a new coach. Yeah. Um, so I think, it's really, I think it's really sort of up in the air. I, I don't have any good predictions, but I just I can't wait to get it started and can't wait to watch. Absolutely. Well, Rachel, we appreciate your insight on the show today and for joining us as well on our inaugural broadcast on Brew Sports as well, too. So we'll talk to you soon, all right? My pleasure, guys. Have a great day and enjoy the game tonight. Will Thanks. do. Thanks, Thank Rachel. you. There goes Rachel Wood on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. Yeah, first game tonight for the U.S. Women's National Team, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live on FS1. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Washington Spirit attacker Joanna Lohman. We'll see uh, what kind of excitement and energy she brings to the show. We know Look, she's got the personality yeah. for it. Looking so. forward to the Mohawk. We'll talk to her right after this. It is Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub from the Attention Era Media Studios. Back with more on Brew Sports right after this. Three Lions Pub in Milwaukee, Wisconsin is just the place for me. They've got everything. Great pub food, a wonderful selection of draft beers, and a brilliant atmosphere, especially during Premier League matches. Check out the Three Lions Pub menu at threelionspub.com, where you can also find all their specials and the great events that take place throughout the year. Three Lions Pub, where across the pond is now across the street. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios, broadcasting live on Brew Sports. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Great to hear from Rachel Wood in our last segment, uh, talking about the She Believes Cup, the United States women's national team. It's a different look, as she, as she explained. And yeah, It's a different Germany. It's a different France. It's a different England. I think this is going to be very telling how arguably the four na you know, world powers in women's football do. Basically. Well, you know, and I, I give Jill Ellis a lot of credit for sticking to what she said she was yeah. going to do, and that is looking at a lot of the younger players, especially players from the NWSL, and, and she stuck with them. So credit right. to her for doing Lynn that. Lynn Williams, Casey Short, Jessica McDonald got a late addition as well, too, among many others that right. are a part of right. that. So exciting to see. All right, let's get along to our next interview, uh, making her debut on to Upfront. Uh, she was just voted the most interesting player, the most exciting player, well the deserved. most 
fantastic hair. I mean, I feel like we're going through yearbook superlatives at this point, Simon. But uh, she plays for the Washington Spirit. Uh, some people might know her more by her mohawk than by her as a player, which I think is ridiculous because she's an incredible <laughs> yes, player. Yes. Uh, it's Joanna Lohman, and she joins us now on theshopfutsal.com. Colin Line, Joanna, welcome to Two Up Front today. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Baxter. I'm, I'm blushing over here on the other end. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we can't see you, I guess, then. But uh, we're, we're, we're excited. And we were trying to, to, to do the whole video thing as well, too, with you today, which, of course, obviously didn't work out. But I, I have to ask, how's the Mohawk, then? It must not be in a, must not be in a suitable public state, then, if it's, not, uh, if it's not radio or video worthy. Yeah, I have very high expectations for my hair, so it just doesn't <laughs> It is very much standards. a part of your personality. I, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't ready to make a public appearance this morning, and you have to you have to listen to the mood of the hawk. So, I thought audio would be best way to talk to the you. The mood today. of the hawk, I love it. Do you do you have a name for your mohawk? Uh, yeah, the fans named it the Joe Hawk. The Joe, the Joe hawk. hawk. Okay, that makes, that's cool. That Joe makes hawk. sense. So the people and it like... has its own T-shirt. Have you not seen the T-shirt? No. How do I get a Joe Hawk T-shirt? Oh wow! All right, we'll we'll hook you up. I appreciate that. Oh I'll my. have my people talk to your people after this show, <laughs> nice, and we'll get you a nice. shirt. Perfect. Our agents will get in touch, and uh, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. <laughs> well, Joanna, we're excited to have you on the show. Uh, last season, of course, uh, a little different for you than you wanted, of course, but the Washington Spirit making it all the way to the NWSL final last year, unfortunately losing in extra time and in penalty kicks, ultimately to the then Western New York Flash. Uh, give us a little bit of your thoughts about the game, uh, just to take you back there briefly, but... Um, in, in terms of how you thought everything kind of flowed and uh, the, the end overall result, unfortunately. Yeah, I've, you know, it's been an interesting offseason for me because uh, if anyone who followed me on social media, I was very open about how heartbreaking that loss was for me personally. I know it was heartbreaking for everyone on the team, but as the oldest player, 34 years old, my third championship, I've never won mm. to, to lose that game in that fashion because – you know, double overtime, honestly, the last kick of the game, I thought we were going to win a championship. And so my brain was wrapped around finally lifting that trophy above my head. I could I could see it. And then to have them score with that last kick and then for us to lose um, in penalties, it, it was honestly shattering. I was, well, yeah, it, and, and it, it would be really, really too. hard for me. It'd be one thing too, Joanna, if uh, you know, not to not to rub salt into the wound, but it'd be one thing too if you guys were the ones who were constantly down and coming back. But it was the opposite way, where the, where the spirit were the ones up one zero, then up two one, uh, and, then, and then as you said, that heartbreaking goal from Lynn Williams there in the dying seconds, really of of. Uh, I still don't know how time. that went in. Honestly, I've watched that video a hundred times, and I still don't understand. And you were yeah, at the game too, I was, Simon. Right, I just right. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I only had to watch it once. <laughs> Sorry, and sure. I mean, sure. All, didn't hash it up, yeah. All, all credit to Western New York for for never giving up, but it, you know, it was it was extremely hard to to go from thinking that you're going to win a, tro- a trophy and a championship to I just lost the biggest game of my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, credit. I, I love the fans, and they, they always try to make me feel better and saying, "Oh, there's always next year, and it's it's only a game." And, but for me, it I wanted to. I wanted to be shattered. I wanted my heart to be broken because I care so much about the game and I care so much about my team that there was no other option but to be just so deeply sad. And for I would say for days, I, you know, I cried. I didn't really know how else to respond. And thankfully, my parents were there to hug me when the game was over because there was nothing else that I thought could make it better besides 
you know, having your loved ones there and having them support you regardless if you win or lose that game. Well, speaking of next year, Joanna, and next year now being just a few weeks away here as the NWSL officially lo- uh, announced their schedule, uh, you, you are the elder stateswoman on the Washington Spirit, especially with the massive amount of turnover your club has had in the off season. I'm curious if, if Coach Gabara has talked to you at all about uh, leadership or if that's something that just comes naturally for you and, and, and how this looks in this coming season. Jim and I are often in contact, and I respect him as a coach, and I think he respects um, me as a veteran and a leader. And I'm not the type of person that needs a captain's armband to just just be myself. And I think I'm I'm someone who leads by example, and I take a lot of pride in bringing along every single player on the team, whether it be a first-year rookie or a player that's just one year younger than me. You know, I know that a team is at its best when everyone feels safe and comfortable and empowered um, to be 100% themselves. So you know, that's kind of the attitude I come from. And I think since returning to Washington and playing, you know, I really am so grateful for the position that I'm in. And it's more of what what can I give to a team as opposed to what can a team give to me. And that's how I'm going to approach the season, regardless of the turnover that we have. I realize that it's going to be a huge challenge to – fill the shoes that were left by Christy Nairn, you know, um, Ali Krieger, Crystal Dunn, Diana Matheson, uh, Stefania Benini. We, we've lost, you know, five to six very solid players, not just on the field, but in the locker room. Say, I, and, I, I'm sweating for you guys, even just thinking about those five players that you just <laughs> named. I'm like, good Lord. I, 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 I like, yeah. you, you hear the announcements, and but when you hear all of those players in, in succession, like you just named off, it's like, holy cow, like this is literally going to be an entirely different spirit team in 2017. It'll be a different team, that's correct. And But that happens every single season in WSL. I think there's uh, an incredible amount of turnover in our league because contracts are usually one year plus you know, an option year, so you're going to have a lot of turnover, and it's it's still a new league, so people tend to come and go. But I'm excited. I'm excited to start the season, to have, an, again, an unprecedented fifth season in our league. You see the progress of women's soccer. You see the game growing exponentially, and the fans, you know, they're hungry. They, they want the schedule to come out. They want to plan. When are they going to see a spirit game, um, you know, at a way stadium? When are they going to come to one of our home games? And for me, that's, that's the most important thing is regardless of who's on the team is just seeing the game grow and being a part of that is, is, is such a special thing for me. Joanna, how do you top off last year opening the season with a bicycle kick goal that was uh, <laughs> beautifully placed? <laughs> how do you top that in season five of the NWSL? <laughs> well, I termed it more of a tricycle kick. If we look back, I, I didn't get off. I didn't get off the ground that much. So not to sell myself short, it was it was a pretty awesome moment for me in my career. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to now take it off my chest and then do a full like Wayne Rooney bicycle kick. Okay, there you okay. go. So opening right. day. Yeah, how do you guys feel about that? If you I don't do that opening day, I'm right. I'm gonna just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna burn my Joe Hawk T-shirt. <laughs> That's the standard that you have now. Be like, if you don't score a bicycle kick in that style on game one, you you know you can never come back until up front. Or be like, she's banned yeah, from the show. Yeah, I might as well just retire, right? <laughs> exactly. No, we we don't want that. You you have done so much for the for the women's soccer game as a whole. Uh, just just to kind of ask a little bit more about the league as well as we still have a couple more minutes here with you, Joanna. What would if you and, and this is always a, a hard question for some people, but if you got to, if you got to take Jeff Plush's job for a day or for a year, and people are like, all right, Joanna, you get to run the NWSL. 
what are some of the main things that you think, as someone that's been around the women's soccer game in the league for a while, what are some of the main things you're like, guys, this has to happen now? It's a really great question, and you know, this is something I think about all the time, having played in the league for so many years. You know, I think Jeff is he's in a difficult position. It's we're still a new league, and we have to balance between wanting to, you know, bust out of the gates like a thoroughbred, but at the same time understand that we ha- have already had two failed leagues. We have to grow it um, in a way that's sustainable. So, you know, it's it's wonderful to see that. I feel like we've all reached a point where we know there's going to be the sixth, seventh, eighth season. So that's you know that's the number one priority is to create that sustainability. I think the relationship that we've built with the MLS, so having teams come in that yeah, you know, have the men's side, team. that, <clears throat> yeah, correct. So we can have um, the same resources and we don't have to recreate the wheel. I think that's so important. And they have the, the fan base already established, so it's easy to carry over. I think that's been a, a great part of um, the league's growth. And then, you know, I would say just creating minimum standards in, in each stadium uh, with each organization because you see a lot of, uh, not a lot, you, you see that some teams uh, have much fewer resources than the, the bigger teams. You know, it's, it's extremely difficult to replicate a Portland, you know, the fan base, yeah. the, the stadium, <laughs> the atmosphere, but how do you have a Portland get a little bit closer to a sky blue? You know, how do you, how do you um, build that bridge? The gap isn't as big and, mm. Uh, you don't see teams with, you know, 10, 11 national team players from around the world and then other teams with, with zero. So I think it's going to be, you know, that's the best thing for the league is creating that parity. I think we have that already. That's what makes NWSL the best league in the world is that every game is going to be a good game, but I still think we can take steps um, in that direction. Absolutely. Uh, last question, Joanna. You had spent some time as a general manager back back with the old Washington Freedom Futures. Uh, I know you're forever young, so I'm not trying to push you out the door by any means. But but I'm curious <laughs> if you've thought about uh, post playing career if if that's a direction you'll head in. I've been doing a lot of work um, off season, you know, off season with my career off the field, and I see myself more, you know, up on stage. Speaking, um, speaking in front of organizations, companies, um, youth teams. You know, I want to inspire. Um, while I, you know, I have a degree in business management, and I like thinking about the mathematics and sustainability and the budget and the business plan. You know, I'm I have a passion to bring people along with me to to share my experiences you know, throughout life, which I feel like I've been quite unique in you know, finding who I am and how important that is for an individual. So. I started, um, you know, my own mantra called "Find Your Cool," and that's what I've really kind of springboarded off of is helping other people figure out what their unique fingerprint is yeah. and embracing that person, finding their strengths, and you know, no longer asking, you know, necessarily um, in what ways is is someone beautiful, but you know, what capacity and how you know how strong they are, and it's. It's been a great journey for me this past often. I worked very, very hard, and a lot of doors have been opened. So I think that's kind of the avenue I'm going in. And, uh, of course, I can be a consultant for the league at any point. Of course. For the right price, right? Well, it, 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 let's yes. not let you leave, Joanna, without you uh, plugging your own website as, as you are talking about uh, being uh, inspiration for many people. Yeah, it's just JoannaLoman.com. And um, I you know, invite people to follow me on social media. Instagram is Joanna Loman 15 and Twitter it's Joanna Loman and hopefully they can get a view into my life because it's 
a lot of fun. I try to have a lot of fun in life besides um, playing soccer is my dream come true, but I love to dance. I love to sing. I have my own girl band now. So, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of things that are going on in in this little brain over here. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, Joanna, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. And I hope we can do this again sometime soon as well. But uh, thank you very much for joining us on Two Up Front today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys both for helping to grow the game because this is is awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon, Joanna. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. There goes Joanna Lohman on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. Simon, we don't have a whole lot of time left in the show, so we might as well just wrap it up right sure. here, basically. But uh, your thoughts about Joanna, your thoughts about just anything we've talked oh, about man, that was a, that was, We were excited to have her on. Yeah. She, she blew past our expectations. 100%. Uh, so, you know, once again, thank you, Joanna, for being on the show and helping our, make our debut on Bruce Sports uh, a great one. Absolutely. All right, so this is our final segment as well, too. So we'll tie in our I Believe segment as well, too, where Simon and I both toss out something we believe will happen in the soccer world. Uh, would you like to go first, Simon? Yeah, mine's pretty simple, Baxter. I, I, with, with MLS kicking off, I do believe this is going to be the most exciting MLS mm. season ever. I would completely agree with you on that one as well, and I'm going to echo that on the women's side as well. I believe that the NWSL is going to have the most uh, diverse but also the most exciting season as well, And I too. think it's going to be the most successful season I think they've so. Had. Certainly I, they've hope so. They've gotten over that hump now, too, of where the leagues have started and crashed, started and crashed. I think this new TV deal, I think everybody is so passionate about the league that is around it, and I think it's only going to go up from here on. And, of course, the Orlando Pride being able to play in that beautiful new stadium had, you had mentioned earlier in the show. Gorgeous. And if you, if you haven't checked it out, folks, you have to. go to MLSsoccer.com and, yep. and click on Orlando's logo and, and take a tour, the virtual tour of the stadium. It is absolutely beautiful. The wall... What a great idea. That is, that is going to be so imposing for anybody who's stepping up to take a penalty kick from the opposing team. Yep. So great, great work, Orlando City. Well done. We give you the virtual <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> All right, Simon Proven. Well, a very special thanks to Rachel Wood, uh, one of our women's soccer correspondents, and, of course, show BFF, and just Washington Spirits attacker uh, Joanna Lohman that we just heard from as well for joining us uh, both on the shopfootsville.com call-in line uh, on our first initial show here on Bruce Sports. A special thanks to you, of course, Simon, for all you do for the, for the show. And... Uh, just the general vibe and excitement. Yeah, right, right back well. at you, Baxter. This has been an exciting time, and thank you to Bruce Sports for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, a quick reminder, too, if you missed any of the show, you can get it live, uh, or you can get it on demand, rather, on Bruce Sports. You can also find it on our Facebook page as well, too. And, of course, you'll be able to hear it all on demand by going to Spreaker.com, iTunes, and iHeartRadio as well. You can find us on Facebook, as Baxter had mentioned, to Upfront Soccer. You can also find us on Twitter at 2UpfrontSoccer. You are at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Provan. All right, he's Simon Provan. I'm Baxter Colburn with our manager being the one above. We are 2Upfront. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. 
Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.